Boomtron. 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 Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all, we could be wrong. Kill the better views like a Demogorgon. Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick your favorite show, we can put it on. We know it also, nothing's atypical. And welcome to the Boomtron Podcast. This is episode 30.5. And today we go to the other side of the couch. We press pause on Netflix. And Amy, Mark, and I talk about shows that we're watching on Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Apple TV, wherever else, Hulu, there are shows. So, hello, Amy. Hello, Mark. What's up? Howdy, howdy. I feel like I kind of slacked this week. I definitely did not watch as much on other... I watched the main show that we're going to talk about today, The Tomorrow War, but other than that, I didn't watch a lot on other other, uh, networks, so I don't... I don't really have as much to share. Um, lots to share when we get to Tomorrow War, but but other things, not so much. What, did you guys watch other stuff? Mark, what about you? I've been a, a bit of a couch potato. I've got a couple of shows I've started watching, so I, I'll, I'll throw some opinions out there. All right, what do you got? What do you watch besides the Tomorrow War? Well, so uh, I've watched a, a show on HBO Max called Starstruck. Which uh, is it's it's about this kind of everyday girl who meets this guy. They have a one night stand, and the next morning she realizes that he is like one of the biggest movie stars in uh, the UK. Um, and it actually was really cute. Uh, the lead actress, she's a stand up comedian in real life, so she's got this kind of wit about her. Um, but they don't focus a lot on her being, you know, her her size or her looks. She's like, you know, because she's kind of an average-looking person, but she's confident, uh, and and she has this great chemistry with this actor, the the, the, the actor playing the actor, uh, and it was just fun to watch. And he he falls in love with her, and you kind of fall in love with the both of them, and you're rooting for them. So that was a good one. Um, and then uh, I saw I've been watching Generation on HBO Max as well. Which is, I think I'd mentioned in a previous podcast. It's just a, a show about these uh, sort of atypical high schoolers, um, or God help me, maybe they are typical nowadays. In which case, I'm locking my kids in an attic. <laughs> uh, but it's them kind of discovering their own identities and sexuality and and all these things against the backdrop of of school shootings and social media and you know all the things that kids seem to be dealing with now um but the the characters are very interesting the relationships are cool and uh they've just got these very unique kids that all have this great relationship with one another i mean there's there's a rich kid there are kids from the wrong side of the track straight gay queer and in between um so it's kind of just sort of cool to watch these characters develop uh, and then the last thing I've been watching uh, is Physical with oh, Rose Byrne on Apple TV. Oh, how is that? I wanted Apple to watch TV. that. How was that? So I'm liking it. Uh, it, it starts off uh, with her being kind of the, like in sort of present day, which of course for them is like the 80s. And uh, she's this Jane Fonda style fitness mogul. Uh, and then the minute she takes the stage to film this video, they flash back to her, her early beginnings where she's a mousy, quiet housewife to a, a slacker, inconsiderate, sexist husband who's running for political office and wants her to make pigs in blankets for the cocktail parties he's throwing, you know, that kind of thing. And she sort of finds her voice. But um, what's interesting about this is that she, Rose Byrne's character is not likable, at least not yet. Um, I'm 
five episodes in, um, and uh, she has this over this voiceover that she does for the whole show, and in it, she's constantly obsessed with food and with appearance, her own and that of other people. So she's looking in the mirror at herself, calling herself a disgusting fat pig, and then she's talking to you know like a neighbor at the daycare who where her daughter goes and. The neighbor says something, oh, you know, I never get to go out much. And then Rose's voiceover goes, well, it's because you're so gross. Who'd want to take you out? You know, it's like, so she's really nasty. Yeah. Um, And then she also full on has a raging case of bulimia. So much so that they even have like a a PSA message before the episode, uh, every episode. Like she buys a bunch of food and gets a hotel room and rolls down the bed covers and takes off her clothes so she won't get food on herself. And then, like, goes full on Hamburglar, uh, and, right. and makes you know eats all the food, makes a big mess, and then you know returns back to her normal life. So it's, but um, it, you know, it, the show itself is cool. I'm I'm digging all these 1980s and 1990s time capsule shows. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, they they, yeah, they do it really well. So I'm having fun with those. All right, those Diego, you've been watching anything else? Yeah, I mean, we um, well, did anyone else see the latest episode of Loki? Uh, oh yeah, episode five with all the Loki alligator Loki because he's green. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I Amy, can't believe you... there's only one left. One left, yeah. Uh, I Amy, didn't. Did you watch I the didn't. latest episode? I didn't. Uh, We've been on vacation this week, and it's I pretty just didn't good. That. It's pretty good, and I think I mean. All, all, all symbols, all Easter eggs, all everything, are pointing to Kang the Conqueror. So I'm hoping that episode six kind of uh, is is going to be a big payoff. It, it was also nice to see this week the trailer for the animated series that comes out. I think it says August. Oh, really? 11th for the What If series? Yeah, for okay. What If. That's the the What If series. So it's like What If. Um, Black Panther with a Ravager. What if Peggy Carter became Captain Carter or Captain America? So it's like a, a bunch of what if scenarios with different Marvel characters. All right. So that's, that's going to be, be cool. cool. Yeah, and they're doing the the whole zombie uh, universe part of it too. So uh, that that was definitely real cool to see uh, the the trailer for that. All right, very cool. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the only other things I I see, and then obviously the right. more war. Yeah, Loki had so many Easter eggs. I mean, I was so like many pausing and rewinding, and and they have um they have the Thor. Thanos copter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see? And did you see uh Throg? Thor is a frog. Yep. <laughs> that one took me like six repeats to figure out what the heck it was, and then a couple That's of Google's. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was good. It was good, and um, like I said, episode six should be really good. So I'm looking forward to watching that next week, and. Seeing where, because I mean, Kevin Feige has said that this this series will kind of uh, set the tone for you know the next phase of the MCU movies. So, and last night I actually got to see not any you know streaming service. I mean, I guess if you count Disney Plus, but I didn't see it on Disney Plus. Oh, uh, Black Widow. How Went was to go it? See that last night. How oh how was it? Um, oh. it, I, it was a good. It was good. But there, it was just it just felt long at points. Like there was just, you know, I I think I went into it thinking it was gonna be like super action, a lot of action. There were like the action sequence were cool, the the fighting sequences were cool. Every like those parts were cool, but there were just 
very long, drawn out like dialogue parts, and I just, I just, just don't know if I was, I was just into it that, that much. Um, so there were parts that were just kind of boring for me, but overall, it was pretty. It was decent. Okay. It was decent. Did was you have a hard movie. time? Did you have a hard time watching it, knowing that she for sure is going to survive all of this, and she is going to be, you know, fall off a cliff in a movie coming down the road? Like you already yeah, knew her fate. That's kind of why Did I don't want to. That's why I don't want to watch it. Because I feel like I, I... Uh, no, not really. Because you know what they did? They did a nice job of kind of tying it into and like kind of leaving like little things like, oh, I know what that means or, oh, I know what's going to happen there. Uh, so it was it was kind of nice that they, the way they did that. Um, and I knew going into it was a prequel. So it was, it was nice. It did, that, that, that didn't really affect my opinion of all the right. movie at all. It's just the overall parts that were just too long and i was like oh, all right again let's just go come on let's go interesting because most people live well, for cool. the i love Scarlett right and Johansson. most people live for the battle sequences you know so it's interesting that some of those yeah. went too long for you no the, no the battles oh. not the battle sequence just the the in-between parts were just okay. very long like too much like oh, too much dialogue like i get the point of what's happening to like let's let's move on let's okay get, let's get going all right here. Well, let's get going yeah. here, um, and let's talk about right. the Tomorrow War. Mark, or Diego, you're going to give us some background, War. yeah? So we got the Tomorrow War. This is a Chris Pratt's movie on Amazon Prime. It came out, I guess, what did we say, a week mm -hmm. ago? Um, and it's pretty much, you know, you have Chris Pratt, who is fresh out of the um armed forces marine uh I, f I forget what he was exactly but he's like kind of down and out looking for a job doesn't get it and then you know he's sitting at home with his kid after he just got you know rejected from getting a job and they're watching what looks like the world cup and all of a sudden this like wormhole opens and the soldiers come out and say hey we're from the future we're fighting this war we're losing. We need to start recruiting people from the past to help us fight this war. And that kind of, you know, sets the world to do a universal conscription service. Uh, and that's kind of where the movie is. And then eventually, you know, Chris Pratt gets picked to be to join this, you know, to more war to go into the future to help them. And he does. And he goes in and turns out that his daughter, who is now, what, in her late right. 20s now, is his, like, commanding, commanding officer. And so they jump. And the first kind of thing is, like, a rescue mission. They're trying to rescue pe uh, people. And they find out that these white, white, um, white, white, what do they call them? White, white sticks? White spikes. white spikes. Yeah. White spikes. These are aliens that look like mutated large, I don't know, crabs, lobsters, I don't something know. like that, right? Scorpions. I don't know where you eat, but there's no crabs <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> but they're, you know, they're, you know, they they've come and they've taken over and they pretty much have killed and ravaged the human population. And, you know, they're, they're kind of running out on their last options of what to do, which turns out that they are going to capture one of these, like, queens. So these aliens kind of have, like, a hive mind. They have the queen. She's kind of like the head honcho. They can't figure out how to kill her. So they finally end up capturing one of these queens. 
run tests on her to find out like how, what you know what makes her tick and what would be her weakness. They find the weakness and then they you know the hive mind again comes into play and then all these white spikes come like in their offshore platform and start like you know wreaking havoc on it trying to you know kill everyone protect the queen save the queen uh with the whole purpose of the humans trying to send chris pratt back to the past with like this antidote to prevent the aliens from ever really taking over uh he makes it back to the past and it turns out that the aliens didn't arrive when they said they arrived, but they had been here for what seems like thousands and thousands of years because they point out that they have this like volcano soot in their nails that they found from like an eruption that took place in like 900 AD. Conveniently located in the necklace a main character yeah. was wearing. Which, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, How lucky. So they, you know, they, they go to Russia, which is where they, they they land. They find the spaceship underneath uh, a glacier, and they they blow up the glacier. They fight the queen. They kill the queen. All is good. Chris Pratt makes up with his dad that he had this real bad relationship with, and he saves the Earth. And that's, that's it. it. That is Pretty definitely much, right? it. I would agree with yeah. you on that. So overall, what were your thoughts? <laughs> so, what, what, did you like it? Did you not? Uh, you know what? I I liked it for if you if you're looking at it just from action and just go entertainment value. I thought it was pretty entertaining. I did too. I thought the action sequence were good. Agreed. I thought like the the white spikes were really creepy looking monsters and aliens. And you know the whole time, the whole time that I was when they first got introduced and you see what they look like. I immediately asked myself, how did they get to Earth? Because they don't look like they can drive right, spaceships. Right, That's why. Uh, and you, you come to find out later on when they find that spaceship in the current time in Russia that they weren't, they weren't meant to be on Earth, that they were cargo from another alien sh- uh, race and they somehow, something happened to their ship and they crashed on yeah. Earth. And that's how, and then through, I guess, a climate change or whatever, and the glacier melting, they kind of reappeared, and that's where they started taking. Yeah, over. I I really enjoyed it, and I thought that I just I liked. I don't know. I felt like it was a really well tied together story. Like it was it was smartly done. Like the the idea that they've been here all along, but then that they've been they have to have been somewhere cold and where could they have been and how did they get this and how are they melt how are they melting now and, and this idea of climate change and I don't know. I really I thought it was really well done. I liked the story. I wasn't expecting much out of it. Um but I really, really liked it. A lot more than I thought I was gonna like it. Um I don't know. And right from the beginning, like I even at the beginning, I was kind of unsure because the opening sequence are these soldiers falling out of the sky. And mm-hmm. of course, of, yes, it's kind of like a yes. flash forward flashback. And kind of course, of Chris Pratt falls out of the sky from from the actual sky. And so you can imagine as people are falling to the ground, they're dying. But oh, my goodness, look at that. Chris Pratt falls into a rooftop pool. Like, from, like right off the bat, I was like, come which, on. Which, by the way. It's like six yeah, feet deep, yeah. but he's okay. <laughs> which, that whole teleportation, like the way they jump from the 
present to the future like watching people kind of get zapped up into the wormhole whatever i thought to myself like this is the most nerve-wracking teleportation yeah. system i've ever seen I in agree. my life like something has right. to go wrong and you can see like as chris pratt's character is being teleported they're like on the the, the pa announcement be like something's going wrong and that's why people are like I'm pretty sure they're not meant to teleport in the middle of the sky. Right. I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be able to be on right. like land. So you have people like falling off the side of the building or just going straight down from, you know, sky, like thousands of feet in the air. So it's you know, definitely a nerve-wracking teleportation sure. system there. Well, and I guess the whole point behind that was they wanted to have a small group of soldiers facing this mission uh, and, and only teleporting eight people wouldn't right. have made sense. But the the whole, like, there's something wrong. They're being dropped in the sky. Like, I thought there was going to be some saboteur, like, enemy within thing happening. And that that whole, they never really explained what went wrong, why the, the system malfunctioned and dropped them in the air. It just kind of was a real sort of convenient, you know, plot device, which I think... And listening to us speak, I, I, we're having the kind of the same response. I think that that John Q. Public did. The critics did not like this movie, but the the audience goers did. There was a pretty large yes. amount of of positive reviews coming from you know just normal was, folks. Um, I liked. Um, yeah. Sorry, but I I liked the the guy um, that was Chris Pratt's friend in the movie. Uh, yeah. Char- was yeah. It Charlie? No. I think so. I believe was, so. Was it Charlie? Charlie. Yeah. And he was so funny, and I thought that the movie did a really good job of balancing action with, like, funny little lines here and there, like, little things that just made me chuckle. Like, I would find my, I found myself laughing a good amount of time right. during the movie. It Which, had a nice balance. With Chris Pratt as your action lead, I think that was a very good choice because he does right. comedy so well. Right. Um, yes. So to have and to have the actor who plays Charlie was a great choice. And by the way, if you have not watched Veep, he plays yeah. a, a character on that show that is like everything yes, he says. Absolutely, makes you I my, Charlie. I mean, aside from Chris Pratt, um, Charlie was my favorite character because I feel like Charlie's all of us, right? Like we're not all ex Marines who are suddenly going to get like they're <laughs> they're drafting everybody right i mean we find out later there are certain people but they're drafting everybody there's they're not looking at who has a military background they're not looking at they're just drafting everybody to go oh, fight yeah. they just need bodies um and that was the thing right that they there weren't yeah. enough trained soldiers to, to to do this or were able so they that's why they did the universal right. conscription that everybody and i found it I found it so funny that when they got teleported and they were doing that rescue mission, like Chris Pratt, he's like dressed for like right. the role, right? Of I'm about to go into, but then you had people like in business suits fighting and a guy in a chef hat. Like I was like, Come but, on. but if you think about it, like that, that was one of the notes that I wrote down is that they really don't give you like it's literally they come and get you wherever you are yeah. and they stick your arm in this thing and they're telling him it's just a test. And so he's like, okay, it's just a test. And then the next thing they're like, you need to bite on this because they stick his arm into this machine. And they're like, you got to bite on this so you don't bite your tongue off. He's like, what, what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And then they in, they attach, you know, through his bone and skin and tendon and muscle, this, the, the device that's going to allow them to zap him through time. And suddenly he's in. So he didn't get a chance to, you know, get ready to go yeah, yeah so you can imagine to... them walking into a but i mean grabbing the chef and being like let's go 
Yeah, but they gave him twenty four. They gave him twenty four hours to you know handle his business. Right. You're telling me you can't go home and find like <laughs> something, at least jeans and like a t shirt. You came with like I your business suit. I guess that's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that one lady had yeah. a business suit on. I think I was like, "What's yeah. going on?" I don't know, but but yeah, I that that was sort but of. But I did, two. and that's the thing. Like well, that's and, why I was glad that we got to know Charlie because even later on in the movie when they they fight and then they wind up coming back, Chris Pratt turns to Charlie and he's like, "You made it. You did it." And Charlie's like, "I didn't." He's like, "I hid. Like I hid. I didn't fight anybody. I hid." And again, that's what I'm saying. Like I felt like Charlie was all of us. Whereas Chris Pratt is ready for this. Like he knows what to do for the most part. But Charlie is all of us who I'm telling you right now, they take me like, I like to think of myself as a tough girl, but if they pull me into the future to fight these white spikes, I've never, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I might hide. I don't know what I would do. And so that's why I really like that. And, and I'm not, not for, well, and not for, and, and not for nothing, but they were like even the even the lady and the business like they looked like they right. were well trained at least like they knew right. what to do like I was yeah. pretty impressed like uh, well and something happened too like they were supposed to have like several days of training and there was they a crisis got, like they had to ju- an emergency uh, jump because right. that lab was being attacked so those folks didn't even get it the the training that all of the regular regular right. folks would have I also so. thought it was interesting um, when he went home. And he like his wife, I guess, runs like a support group for people who have gone and fought in the war and come back. And he after they put this thing on his arm, he goes back to talk to his wife and she's running the support group and he just kind of lifts up his sleeve and then she can see and she knows and she's like, you can't go. You can't go. We can't let them take you. We can't let you take you. And he's like, you know, what will happen if I don't go? They'll take you or they'll take. So so it's not just a draft either. Like if you're called and you don't go, they're taking somebody in your family. Um, and I thought that was interesting, too, yeah. because, you know, it's not it's I mean, it, there's this the draft component of it, but even more like even harsher. Right. Like it, when you think about when we had the draft, it wasn't like if a draft dodger ran to Canada, they would grab somebody else in their family you know what i mean so it just the stakes just seemed a little bit higher as did the fact that i kept thinking about this draft right and i kept thinking all right clearly they are facing the end of humanity and that makes the stakes higher too like why you would go back into the past and just take every single body that you could but it it also felt to me like they kept saying over and over we're not going to win this we're all going to die and so then I kind of felt like, so if you think you're all going to die, why are you going back and grabbing all these people? Like, I don't know. It was this weird, it just felt a little weird to me. I don't know. And then I liked when they then started to explain a little bit more about who was being taken, right? They could only take people who have already died at the time of the war, right? The so you, they're not going to draft you if you're still alive in, you know, 20 70 or whenever this is taking place they can only take you if you have died before this invasion of the white spikes begin and then of course that brings up new things in the movies now because now chris pratt knows that he's dead in the future and he doesn't know why or what happens and charlie knows that he's dead and they didn't tell chris pratt why but charlie they told him that he was going to die of cancer in like a couple of years so that that was weird too because now you have these people who know they're going to die anyway um 
And does that add to or subtract from their motivation? Which, like, it just really messing with your mind on that one. Which, which made me, that was the one thing that I had, I don't know if a problem with, but just a little, how does the future, like, how does the timeline work right now? You got Chris Pratt, who is now in the MCU timeline that's all multiversed right. up. How, well, how does how does this timeline right. work now? Now that they found the spaceship, like how does that affect that future war? And like I, I, I just think like I don't know if I'm just you know biased with my Back to the Future version of how right. time works and time travel works. Where all right, well now they change this. So how do they send people back to the present for this to happen? Kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like how. Just what's the domino effect of that, and which you know we 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 talked a little bit off air about how they're supposed to right. be a sequel yeah. to this movie. Right. Uh, so you know, I know Mark, you're 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 very adamant that the queen <laughs> left uh, left an egg on that house <laughs> well, mountain. You know, there was that moment where the queen got out of sight, and I told we, Rob and I were watching the movie. I was like, "Oh, she's dropping eggs. She's dropping eggs everywhere." <laughs> <laughs> Because you know that would just be very like like the the alien franchise. Just there's always that one little egg or that one alien that that snuck away that ruined it for <laughs> for the sequel. Right, right. But I'm actually very excited about the sequel just so we can watch Charlie. Or I'm sorry, just so we can watch Chris Pratt uh, interact with J.K. Simmons as yes. his father. I would have watched a whole movie of the two of them, and so it looks like uh, they. I, I doubt that their sunnier skies are going to be all that sunny, and uh, hopefully they'll be together again for whatever faces that's the right. sequel. Yeah, and that- I can't imagine. J.K. Simmons was so like he didn't have a lot of time on that. But movie. it was impactful. But whenever he was on, I was like, "Yo," I was like, "J.K. Simmons is a badass." Right. Right. <laughs> totally. Oh it's man. Interesting because one of the things that they mentioned when they were talking about the white spikes. Um, when they were first introducing all the the people that they had just drafted that I thought was going to play a bigger role and maybe it will in the sequel, but they were saying that the white spikes disappear every six days. Like they made a real clear point to mention that the white spikes disappear every six days. And so I thought for sure, like that was Mm going to be a huge key. It was been my notes um, that it was going to be like the key to their defeat, but then it wasn't mentioned again. Really. Um, and so now I'm wondering if that might be part of what the sequel is. Like maybe on the day when they disappeared, like they were setting something up or something else was happening. I don't know. I just, I thought that was really. They were, they were, they were definitely <laughs> Tomorrow War Two, the day of rest. Yeah, right? Like. They, they were definitely interesting creatures because I, I felt like they adapted well to like, there was always, there was always like a new element, like. When they were trying to capture the queen, you saw that they could like kind of glide in the air, like flying squirrels. I love and that I was like, moment. Damn! <laughs> and then they're on the offshore platform that looks like it's in the middle of the ocean, miles and miles away from land. And I'm like, oh, all right, these guys can't swim. And then the next thing you know, they're like, I don't know, walking on the ground or they are swimming, and there's like thousands of them. Um, you know, attacking this offshore platform. So it's just, it was just interesting to me that like these creatures, these white spikes, just were able to organize so well, and that hive mind mentality, and they were able to swim and fly, and they were fast, and the only weak spots were their throat and their abdomen. Like they, it was like, how are they? How are we beating right. these guys? Right. Yeah. 
it felt like they took like I, I've seen again online I've seen some criticism of the aliens but what I thought was cool was that they took the sort of the best of all of so many different alien and horror movie genre creatures it was a little bit predator it was a little mm-hmm. bit aliens the franchise um and i thought the way that they moved like you were describing that for me felt like world yeah. war z yeah where they were creating their own yeah oh yeah, cool so yeah um so i you know i just i thought that they were scary like i mean the creatures themselves even when they had the female chained up and sedated in a lab you mm-hmm. could see that i'm gonna kill you look in her eyes yeah i was like Dang, like that's the stuff. Yeah, of and they were, and they were even more <laughs> scary because they they were a hundred percent creature, right? But you knew that there was intelligence there, right? And there was no way to communicate. Like if you think of one of my favorite movies is Independence Day, right? So if you think of the original, if you think of the original Independence Day, like they have one of the creatures in a lab, and the creature takes the control of uh, the the scientist who's played by Brent Spiner, scientist, who plays Data yeah. in the Star Trek things, um, but takes control of him and then speaks through him, right? And so there's that communication. There's no communication with these. There's no, we have, and yeah. right. And she says it. And that's the thing, like. The girl, the she says it. She's like, they're just here. They they don't care about anything else. They're just they're hungry. hungry. Yeah, but, but we don't really know. They're just hungry, you know, because we can't communicate with them. And I I thought that made them even scarier too, because there was no way to communicate with them. Um, but the other thing, one of you mentioned before that you also liked that it was a great action movie, but this relationship when we were talking about Charlie, but this idea of this commander, right, this badass female commander. And he finds out that it's his daughter grown up, um, which, you know, he's so excited to see her. She's not as excited to see him and then gives him like, you know, he just begs her for this backstory. And it turns out that he and his wife got divorced. And he's like, what? No, like that would never happen because what we've seen is they're very much in love and they're this very tight knit family. And she's like, yeah, you left us. Um, And so, you know, that too is, just a strange because now I'm thinking and again when you're talking about timeline, is it because he's gone and he's fought in this war and now he's back? And she said, You always seemed like you were looking for something else. And of course the movie opens with him thinking he's gonna get this big job and he doesn't get it, right? So does he leave his family because he's always looking for that job? He's just dissatisfied with his life in that way and it just kind of feeds into everything? Or is it result is it a result of the fact that he went to the future and came back from the future um and has now fought in this war and met his adult daughter and just kind of feels off because of that? Or is it something else because now the timelines reset because they got rid of the uh the creatures in the first like Again, I love time, space movies. Stargate is one of my favorite movies. Um, just, I love this idea of just traveling around the universe. Um, but so I thought that was really interesting. And then again, this idea that he has to watch his daughter die. Um, it's so oh, heartbreaking, right? Like he's like, no, we can find a way. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And then he's holding, you know, it's one of those a super classic scene. Um, as soon as she's falling off the edge and he's holding her hand, I'm like, okay, so she's definitely dying um, because nobody survives that. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. But I think maybe my favorite part of this movie 
was when um, was when the um, at the beginning of the movie, Chris Pratt's a teacher, right? He's a science teacher. And he's the kids are totally disengaged in class because they know that everybody's being drafted to go fight in this war that's gonna end humanity. So they're like, why are we sitting in this class, right? And this one kid keeps raising his hand and Chris Pratt keeps kind of like overlooking. Does anybody have anything to say? Anybody except for that kid? Um, and then he's like, why aren't you calling him? And he's like, because we all know what you're going to talk about. What's his passion? The class is like volcan ancient volcanoes, right? And so, of course, there's ancient volcano dust on the, uh, you know, the claw that they have from the white spike. And I love that, that they wind up going back to this kid and they're like, this is your moment, dude. Like, how would this happen? That it's this teenage kid, really, <laughs> who saves the day and is able to figure out, like, how this all would happen. I loved that. I loved it. And oh, he yeah. did too. He he was reveling in that moment, which I, the actor yeah. that played that kid. And you was knew, great. and you knew, you knew from that the scene at the beginning where everyone's making fun of him yeah. because of his love for volcanoes. You knew that was coming oh, back around full circle. One hundred percent. But it was great. It was, <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. It, which is fine. It was awesome Perfectly to watch. fine. And then that's why I said at the beginning. It had a good blend of like the action and then like a little bit of humor, like nonsense yeah. kind of stuff. And I was okay with it. I was okay with it. I was a okay with that. <laughs> and I think. Oh, go ahead. Well, well, and I just for me a huge piece of this movie that I didn't even realize could just because I hadn't done any preliminary research on it. Yvonne Strahovski, the oh, actress who plays yeah. Muri, his daughter, also known as Serena Sarah. Joy in Handmaid's Tale, also known as no. Sarah from Chuck. Sarah yes. from Chuck, the oh, best. I Diego, I love I you love for knowing that. Chuck. Oh my God! Like seriously, I love Chuck. I, yeah, and she, and she is just awesome so to see her uh kick off her handmaid's tail dress and put some fatigues on and start kicking alien ass i was like thank you sarah's back yes sarah's back <laughs> yes i love awesome. chuck um uh, so overall i think we can all Two agree thumbs up. good movie if you were on the fence if you were on the fence yeah watch it definitely yeah. definitely good movie uh, you know what if if i almost would say and, I, and maybe i'm gonna get some flack for this because independence day is such a you know cult classic or whatever but it's it's kind of along the same lines, same yes. genre, same idea, kind of thing. You know, in terms of action and, and the humor, yeah. and, and the, the scope of it. Um, I thought you know graphics were good, uh, everything. I thought it was really I well agree. done. I, agree. I liked it. And I look for. I, I'm worried about. I'm worried about a sequel because I just don't know if it will you know hold the same. But I just don't want it to be a stupid story. Definitely. Like you know what I mean. Like I don't want it to be unbelievable just to get yeah, a sequel. Of course. Yeah. What I need is a Chris Pratt, J.K. Simmons, like pink convertible road trip <laughs> movie, <laughs> a, a buddy rom com with the two yeah. of them, and I'm good. And Ivan Strahovski yeah. in the backseat. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Do you guys have anything uh, that you're planning on watching on any of these other networks that you have in mind? I know we talked about, uh, and I don't even, I don't even know if they put a date out on it yet. Maybe I'm wrong, but the biography or the documentary on Val yes, Kilmer, yeah. I am a hundred percent in Absolutely. on that. I want, I gotta see when the, that's coming out. Um, I like Val Kilmer. I think he's an interesting actor, and the roles he plays are always really good. He, oh, even Batman, even when he was Batman, not the best movie, but I enjoyed him as yeah, Batman. He was I good. agree. Doc Holliday, you, one oh, of my favorites. Yeah. That that. That Batman was a stretch, though. That was rough. <laughs> it was. <laughs> you it you was. are truly a fan. 
It was. It was a stretch. Uh, but having him and then Jim Carrey did a real nice job as the Riddler. So I was okay with it. I was okay with it. But after that, then. But that's that's really all that's on my radar in terms of uh, shows. What do you got? American Horror Stories, Hulu, July 15th. Okay. Okay. I, I, those, Ryan Murphy, I love even when he's at his weirdest and least rational. And I loved the whole, I love the whole series. So these, these short anthologies that are coming out, I'm, I'm excited for. I think those are going to be fun. Um, I have a question for you guys is, uh, have you seen the ads for Gossip yes. Girl, the reboot? Yes, on HBO I have. Max? I will be watching. I Amy? did, oh, but my God. I'm good. <laughs> I'll be watching. Um, I yeah. loved Gossip Girl. My the wife, the wife watched the fir- the yep. original, and I would catch glimpses. I just nah, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'll be watching. I I'm I'm gonna I'm somewhere between the two of y'all. Like I'm gonna be watching because I want to like it. I loved the original, but I will tell you just from the promos, all of these kids look like yeah, douchebags. I know. They look like <laughs> such right. douchebags. So. I don't know. I'm nervous, but I'm gonna. Give There's it a another shot. show that they promote, like, and I and I always see it right before I watch something else on HBO Max. Uh, I'm trying to find that's always promoted with Gossip Girl, and it has um, oh, uh, Zendaya, I think, isn't it? Oh, Euphoria. Yes, yeah. Euphoria. Yeah. Uh, that looks more interesting than Gossip Girl. I'd give that a chance before I give uh, Gossip right. Girl a chance. It's Euphoria is is darker and realer. Gossip Girl just feels like so. It's brain you know, candy. Uh, rich kid yeah. fantasy. Yeah, brain yeah. candy exactly. Yeah. Nah. Well, the total opposite from I Gossip Girl. Um, I started watching and I want to continue watching. Amazon has one of their originals is called Clarkson's Farm, and it's about this guy, this rich guy who buys a farm, and it's 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 a documentary comedy, I guess. And he knows nothing about farming. And I, I mean, you know this, I've said it before. I love farms and farming and just that life. And uh, it just kind of chronicles his attempts to set this farm up. And I started watching the first episode and it was very funny. Um, so I'm sure I'll be the only one here watching it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that. And then I think, you know, I, I have a pretty low key next couple of weeks, so. I think I'm just going to kind of click around and see what pops up and kind of watch things as they come, which means that if anybody at home has any recommendations, I'm wide open. Um, so please, 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 you know, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and and tell us if you have recommendations, if there's something that you think we might enjoy, whether or not you want us to talk about it. But if you just think there's something you might enjoy, if you've been listening long enough, I feel like you probably have a good handle on what everybody's preferences are in terms of genre and so forth. Um, and then if there is something you want us to talk about, you know, tell us there too. So anything else, guys? Well, so Amy, we'll, no. we'll, we're going to name a genre for you. Uh, farm comedies. We'll call them farmities. <laughs> So if anyone <laughs> knows of a farmity that you'd like Amy to watch it's by British. herself. I love British shows. Doc Martin is one of my favorite shows um, from British TV. I just, no, no. I love his about shoes. an actual doctor. My favorite shoes. <laughs> yeah, oh, shows. Yeah. I'm sorry. But, uh, I, so yeah, it's a British farm comedy. <laughs> like I can't, I, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's perfection, guys. It's a British, it sounds British great, farm Amy. Comedy. Please tell us all about it. Maybe I will. The mass appeal for this one. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. And, and and folks, don't be shy to recommend shows that aren't aren't uh, necessarily right. Absolutely. Either. So if there's something that you know, uh, something that you consider a must watch that uh, we might not have mentioned, definitely you know let us know as well. I'm definitely into watching shows that are have been out and people have always talked about that we haven't really seen. So if there's something like that, definitely let us know. Show or right. movie, of course. Um, and then obviously, you know, stay tuned for episode 31 of the Boomtron podcast. We definitely have yep. Fear Street, uh, part two has uh, recently come out, so we'll definitely get into that. And part three, I think, comes out right before mm-hmm. we record our next episode. So definitely uh, check back in to see how Fear Street trilogy finishes. And as always, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye, everyone. This is just a disclaimer. No members of the Boomtron podcast are employed by any of the streaming services mentioned in this episode, nor do they have any business ties with those streaming services. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and all news and information that is shared is simply what these yahoos found online.